0: Hi, and welcome back to the Unconventionalist podcast, the show about what it's really like to turn your message into a movement. I'm your host, Mark DeRuze, and today is a little bit different than usual. I'm going to share with you a talk I gave at Google Campus in collaboration with General Assembly a couple of weeks ago. Now, effectively, it's based on the same uh, fundamentals of my TEDx talks. If you haven't seen my TEDx talk, I really recommend you go and check it out. You can do that at markdrewze.com forward slash TEDx or simply type in my name, Mark LaRouce, and TEDx, in YouTube, you should be able to find it. And I decided to elaborate a little bit more in in a a kind of a, a room with a whole bunch of budding entrepreneurs and also established entrepreneurs to talk about what's really behind the drive of people migrating towards the startup world. And I think you're gonna like it. I hope you're gonna enjoy it. There's some swearing and cursing. So please, if you've got small children around, put your headphones in or just simply listen to it later on. As mentioned taking a break this week so i'll be back end of august and i just wanted to wish you a super holiday if you're on holiday and if you're working good luck at work and if you're hustling in your business and if you're working hard then make sure to take a break okay you won't get any medals by working 24 7. so go and meet some friends go and connect spend some time have some fun otherwise what's the point i also really recommend that you go over on my youtube channel youtube.com forward Mark and check out the video that the amazing Richard Costa and Adrian Pang put up together and it's a showreel it's a really quick snippet of the event but you're going to see the amount of people that were there the energy it's really cool it's 45 seconds long so go and check it out without further ado here's my talk on what does having an impact mean to you hi everyone um so I saw people who raised their hands uh, who were starting a company. Who here is thinking about starting a company? Okay, who here is at the start of thinking of doing a company? Kind of halfway through there, they've started in the weekends and the evenings, but they haven't actually launched it properly. They haven't pressed launch on the button. Okay, of course cool. so it's about it's about fifty-fifty. So, my name is Mark Roost, and I'm the founder and host of The Unconventionalist and effectively what we are is a weekly podcast and we also run accelerators and workshops for people who want to become experts in their fields and we leverage everything from communication to media and you've got uh, Richard DaCosta behind and Adrian Pang who are going to be capturing from today and do a little show reel so very excited about that. Uh, and these are some of the cool companies I get to work with or speak at and um, They're predominantly in the sort of adult learning space, I'd say, kind of a bit more how do we understand how to engage people, how do we get excited, how do we get people excited about what we do. Um, And I have a foot, I guess, in the sort of learning and coaching and training and also in the startup and new business and entrepreneurship kind of field, and I find that's very cool. And that led me eventually to give a TEDx talk. Who here has seen my TEDx talk? Yeah, one, cool, two, great, that's amazing. (laughs) So after this, go and check it out. Uh, It's just come out about five days ago. I'm super excited about it. And I got to share with people, which I want to share with you today, a bit more in depth about why I think that you don't have to start a company to be happy. And so people online often see this. They'll see me posting pictures with people who may be interesting or not, who who you may know or not. And they see me posting pictures of me being featured in newspapers and in Metro Magazine and feature of Startup Mentor of the Month and GA doing a feature on me. And recently I went back and had barbecue. These are all my old November colleagues. And I went for a barbecue with them. This is only about, I want to say, like a month ago or something. And, uh, and they all tell me, so my nickname in November is Rusty, so people know me as Rusty. They're so like, Rusty is amazing. Like, you're doing amazing. It sounds like you're just killing it, that you're crushing it, that you're doing amazing. And I was thinking, like, really? Because it doesn't feel that way. (laughs) I feel pretty shit. And I realized there was this perception. So I had basically portrayed myself as that guy. (laughs) That was like my life. It's like on social media, I'm like the dude. Yeah, my life is great doing all these talks. I mean, look at me tonight. I'm at GA talking, yay, you know? Um, All this stuff. When the reality is more like that. And I think for a lot of us who start businesses, I think this is what it really feels like. I'd say 80% of my time I spend it alone in front of my laptop at home and I sometimes even bother to go out. And this is something that resonates so much with so many people I talk to. So much so that I almost feel guilty when I go out and meet friends. Can anybody relate to that? Like anybody who runs a business kind of thinking like, ah, we're too embarrassed yet to put our hands up. Uh, we'll warm up by the end of the talk, don't worry. And um, yeah, and this is something I hear all the time. It's like by the time I get out and see my friends, I feel guilty and thinking I'm not focusing on building my business. So surely, I'm doing something wrong. And we've been told through social media, people we follow online, that you need to hustle, that you need to like grind, you need to like 24/7. The person who will win is the person who wakes up the earliest and works till the latest. But as a result, we get burnouts and we get people crashing out. And this is, I think, by far the most resounding factor I've heard through all my guests. It doesn't matter if you're a one-man band, if you've got 100 people in your company, if you've got 10 followers or a million, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. People all say how lonely it can feel sometimes. And I think this is one of the most underspoken aspects of starting a business, and I think it really needs to change. I think people are starting to talk a bit more openly about it. Um, But there's a huge uh, impact on mental health awareness, especially in, in the startup world. But this is what got me crazy, this is what I started thinking today about why I wanna talk with you about this. Um, I looked at company house data, and I saw that last year, in 2016, it was a record-breaking year with 650,000 new companies started, that means that every single hour, 75 new businesses were started. 75 new businesses every hour. And in fact, if you look at stats and studies, Visa Europe did a study around uh, who wanted to become an entrepreneur, and one in three of people dream of starting a business, but only one in 10 actually take the leap. I started thinking, that's insane. Especially when you look at Bloomberg that explains that eight out of 10 entrepreneurs fail within the first 18 months. So I got racking my brain thinking, so wait a minute, there's all these people that wanna start businesses, people do start businesses, but then they fail? How is this phenomenon still happening? Why are people still starting businesses? It's a bit like, hey, let's all jump off this cliff. It's really great by the way, but we should all jump, and then you jump you be like, why the fuck did I jump? Um, And there's a Gallup study that found that 87% of people feel disconnected from their workplace. 87%. That's almost 90% of people who do not feel like the work they do is getting them on fire. And I think that a majority of people who then don't go starting their businesses start thinking they're a bit losers, that they didn't really live their full potential, they go to their deathbed thinking, oh, if only I'd started that business, I had that great idea. And I don't know if anybody here can relate to this, but it's happened to me a bunch of times, um, where you have an idea, and then maybe you don't do anything about it, and then six months, a year, two years later, someone else is like, shit, I had that idea. If only I had followed my nudge and intuition, I would be a miserable entrepreneur by now. <laughs> and so it got me thinking, I was like, okay, so is this something that we are born with? Is this something that we learn along the way? Um, some of you may have heard this, this legendary copywriting advert. Uh, if you haven't, it's in the book 1944, Quit You Like Men, who basically said that Ernest, Sir Ernest Shackleton, beg your pardon, in the 1900s, ahead uh, of his endurance expedition, put out this advert, supposedly, in a newspaper. And for those of you who can't read it, I'll read it out. Men wanted, for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, Safe return, doubtful, honor, and recognition in case of success. Wow. I mean, talk about an amazing ad. I'm like, oh my god, who would apply for this? Because I wouldn't, but who would apply it? Anybody would like, yeah, it sounds, yeah, but you end up, own it, amazing. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck that, I'm not going, that sounds horrible. 5,000 people applied for this job for only 40 positions. And the legend has it that Sir Ernest Shackleton then um, put all the different ads in different boxes with hopeful, mad, and potential, or something like that. And anybody who's ever started a business, I'm pretty sure you can relate to that, that you never know which box you are. Are you hopeless, are you mad, or are you hopeful? And so I thought, okay, this is like a hundred years ago. Sure, people were a bit wacky back then, they needed the wages. That's why they applied for that. And then I came across this. Anybody heard of Mars One? Yeah. Mars One. Controversial Dutch company who 2013 announced to the world that by 2023 they would put a permanent human settlement on Mars. Two men, two women would go at first and then every four years they'd send four more people. The catch? It's a one-way ticket. No return. Over 200,000 people expressed their interest to apply for this. 200,000! Sure you might say oh, some people are nuts, some people are crazy, they want to die. I also think it's something that's deeper than that. I think that we all have an inner, deeper yearning for a quest. I think we all have a deeper yearning for purpose. I think inside of us, we're all seeking for something that we can get behind, something that can drive us, something that we can walk towards. And this I've seen it over and over and over again. The people I interview, you know, they, they, they come in all shapes and, and forms. It doesn't matter you know, what they do, they have this inner sense of, I don't know if I can do it, but I'm gonna do my best shot who knows who this man is? No one? Yeah? Viktor Frankl, rings a bell. He wrote a book, 1946, Man's Search for Meaning. Phenomenal book. If you haven't read it, it's been nominated as one of the 10 top books uh, that you should read. It's basically his experience surviving the Holocaust and expressing that one of the biggest factors that determined his survival and the survival of people was finding purpose and meaning no matter what the situation environment you're in. So when you think about it, it's like, okay, so that's like big deal. That means if you've got a purpose and a meaning, you're most likely to survive in, in these kind of environments. And this study comes up over and over again. There's a professor from the University of Leeds that basically said that having a sense of purpose is more likely for you to have less depression, less anxiety, and less boredom. So I'm like, no wonder people like super, like stressed out about finding purpose and finding meaning and and I don't know if about you, but it can get really big. You can think about what's my life meaning, what's my life purpose, it's huge. I don't know what I want to do. And you can still be trying to do something and you can still feel lost. Anybody feels like that? Yeah, cool. And this is the pun of the day and this is what really bugs me. Um, What really bugs me is that we've all made this to be such a big and huge thing. That we're all looking for this mountain of an answer to all of our biggest questions, who we are, why are we here, and what are we supposed to do? And I think startup has a lot of these, or well, entrepreneurship a, it ticks a lot of these boxes. It's very much a bit like what you heard back with Ernest Shackleton or with Mars One. It gives us a quest of purpose. It gives us a sense of direction. But the thing is, there's a, actually I think yeah, it's Professor Michael uh, Freeman from the University of California who did a study on entrepreneurs and basically found that one in three entrepreneurs expressed having experienced depression and over 48% admitted to having mental health issues. That's insane, right? The problem is we've come into a society and a taboo where it's not okay to talk about how we struggle because pain doesn't sell. At least that's what we've made up. And yet when you open up the conversation with entrepreneurs, when you open up the conversation with people, and I know Steph knows this a lot because that's what you do, you know, people start opening up. People saying, yeah, I actually, I sometimes have lost oversleep. I want to show you, this is a true story. I haven't shared this before. Um, I had a guest that was supposed to come on the show, founder of a really cool startup. I thought it was a really cool, innovative idea. He sends me an email at like 3 a.m., the, like the morning before we're supposed to jump, like get, get on the podcast. And he goes, Mark, I'm really sorry. Um, you know, when we scheduled it, it was really great. Everything was great. I was having funding. I've just lost 250,000 pounds worth of funding. Uh, my co-founder, I've just had to find my co-founder. I haven't slept in the last week. I'm feeling totally like shit. I just don't feel it's the right time for me to to talk about my business. And so what it is, I jumped on the call with him and we spoke for like an hour and a half. And it was, again, the same resounding factor. If you've heard, if you want to go back and listen to an episode, you can listen to an episode by my best friend who I've known since we're babies called Dennis DuVochelle. He was the founder of To Do. It got a quarter million pounds of funding and he talked about this. It, It is this... Alluring fact that starting a business is the hardest thing you will ever do. Anybody who starts a business, you'll know this. And the reason why I say this, is not so too much to tell you don't start a business. It's to make you aware that be behind the whole kind of um, allure of starting a business, behind the front cover magazines, behind the social media feeds that you see, behind the live Instagram posts that you see, those people, I get to speak to them mostly on a daily basis. And it's not what you think it is. So who here again? Raise your hand if you've got your own business. Everyone's like, fuck that, I'm not putting my hand up. I'm not gonna call you out, so you're good. So put your hand up if you run your own business. I'm not gonna call you out, don't worry. That is like a third of who raised their hand in the first five minutes. Okay, secretly then, um, you can nod, we can do like auction, wink, I can only see you. If you run your own business, can you relate to what I'm saying? Like am I just completely off track? Or if you're running your own business, can you relate to like loneliness, that it's really tough and sometimes you're just wondering, what the hell am I doing? I'm just trying to look around. People nodding. Yeah, Micro winks. Okay, cool. I'm with you. Um, and it's this sense of quest that I want to talk to you about. And I think that that's what makes people happy. Yes, starting a business can make you happy. But actually, you can find happiness at work. You can find happiness on the weekend. You can have happiness on your spare time. And I really want to insist on this. They come in all shapes, sizes, and forms. Okay? They don't have to be epic. So how many times have you found yourself saying this or heard someone tell you, I want to have an impact? I just want to have an impact. I want my work to have an impact. And those people who tell me this, I then ask you, when was the last time did you stop and had a chat to a homeless person on your way to work? Oh no, but that's, that's different. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> that's having an impact. And then how do you measure impact? So one of the accelerators that I learned is called the Impact Accelerator. One of the first questions I ask all my students is what does impact mean to you? And I want to ask you all today, there's a question I want you to leave you with is, what does having an impact mean to you? If I had to ask you, how can you measure your impact and quantify it? What would that look like? Is it the number of people you impact? Is it the revenue that you generate? Is it money that you can give back to people? Have an idea of what that is, because if you don't know what that is, you'll never know if you're having an impact. I can speak to people who are doing amazing work, helping so many people, and yet they can still feel like it's not enough. And that's a real problem. Coming back to this. This was a small startup idea, but for seven days, seven days, I felt totally on purpose. I had a quest, I had something that drove me. In 2011, um, I had this great idea that for November I would go and do an MMA tournament. So MMA is mixed martial arts. And for those of you who don't know what that is, there's a more stereotype called cage fighting, but effectively it's, uh, it's mixed martial arts. And I thought that with two weeks of training, surely I'd have enough time to enter a tournament with a mustache and raise funds for November. For it was the worst idea I've ever done. I still have a knee injury to this day because I got dislocated my knee in the, in the fight. But what that taught me, again, is that people were helping me. I had Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructors for free taking their time traveling over to see me to teach me maneuvers, how I could get out. All that because I had this quest of wanting to raise money for men's health. Lorna Portka, I love this story so much. Lorna Portka basically decided that she wants to express her gratitude. So she decided to draw 100 paintings for 100 people around her. From her hairdresser to her husband to her mechanic to her friends, and it took her like a year and a half, I think, to do them. And then she did this exposition where she invited everyone to come over in North Carolina, and it was super emotional. There's a video online, you should really check it out. And it gave her so much purpose, so much joy, these paintings. And it was long. And that's, what I, that's, and that's one of the things that I think, if you can think about, um, what does starting a business actually mean to you? So if you had to sit down, if we could sit down in a one-to-one and ask you to boil down what does starting a business mean to you? Most likely you'll come up with a few reasons like it'll give me more freedom, it'll give me more time, it'll give me more flexibility, it'll give me more influence, it'll give me more choice, so on. Maybe even revenue, maybe impact, all these things. The reality is that you can have all those things now. You don't have to start a company to have them. But How, Mark? Well, I believe that what you need is to find your microquest. Okay, so if a quest is like this big epic thing, uh, climbing Kilimanjaro, what have you, a micro quest is what can you do on a really small level? If you've got a business idea, don't wait for it to be patented. This is something I hear over and over again. Um, I'm, I'm gonna stop asking people to put their hands up because I think everyone's too afraid I'm gonna call you out. But um, if you're here and you're waiting, you've got this great business idea, but you don't wanna share it with anyone because you're so afraid that someone's gonna steal it to you. Let me tell you this, you're wasting your time no one's gonna steal your idea. Like straight up. I have this all the time. I have actually had an email from someone, I've got this great idea, but I've got, I've got to make sure it's patterned before I can share it with you. Like, okay, good luck with that. That sounds fun. That should take a while. Instead, I want you to think about what is something that you can do on a very short basis that's gonna make you happy now. Not in 10 years when you finally manage to get your business off the ground. Um, not in six months when you finally got your team together, what have you. But think about it right now. So maybe something you wanna keep uh, afterwards. Um, and this is, this, is, this is one of the last things I kind of want to leave you with because what I love is Q&A. So you, if you're shy and you don't want to sort of interact, you're probably going to hate this section. Uh, if not, you can just sit back and listen to what people ask for questions. But this is ultimately what I want you to leave with today. It's that. Um, if you want to start a business, that's great. You might want to try it on the side of your job, if you can try and test it out. But really, the reality is, um, This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, by far, by far, because this is what happens. When you quit your job and you're full-time running your own business, your reptile brain takes over. Unless you've got a trust fund, or you've got a very, very deep pocket, in that case, great, that's amazing, and I'm I'm, I'm loving that. The reality is I had six months of saving. I thought that was easy gonna last me, I'm gonna make income before then, I've quit my job. There's a blog, I haven't actually released it yet, there's a blog I wanna do. I recorded this, it's a Friday afternoon, within, I think, two months of me having quit my job to start my business, I'm on my floor, in my flat, and I'm crying, and I'm feeling myself getting, basically complaining (laughs) about going like, I don't understand, I thought I did all the right things, you know, I'm good to people, I try and give back, I give talks for free, and um, I do all these things, and why am I not making any money? And real recently, I want to wind it back, more recently I had to stop myself and say, huh, I had the old blueprint as a success measure. So my old blueprint in my old pattern when I used to work in corporate was the more money I made, the more successful I am. You know, and it happened to me recently, I went for a barbecue with my two friends. One of them started a business, the other one works for a corporate. They're both making six-figure income. And I've made less than minimum wage in my first year. Less than minimum wage in my first year. And so I left that going, does that mean I'm a loser? Does that mean I suck, because I can't make any money? And actually, I think I wrote, a, I wrote a post about this and I had to say that actually, no, because this has been the best year of my life. It's been the hardest of my life, but it's been the best of my life. And if I could go back to my younger self, not that I'm old, but if I could go back to my younger self, um, I would 100% tell me that this illusion that I had about starting a business would be the answer to everything I was seeking was total bullshit. It's like we have this projection of a fake reality that somehow when we're gonna be our own bosses, all the answers that we've been waiting for will be answered. All the feelings that we're hoping to feel will be felt. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. My experience from what I've spoken to now 236 people and from my, my own side hustles and my whole year of, of studying my business is that's not so much the case. And there is no shame. This is what I want to say. There is no shame in not being an entrepreneur. There's Daniel Priestley, the founder of Dent, came to my show. One of the things he shared at the end in terms of like one of his biggest truths, there's an overhype of the founder. There's an obsession about becoming a founder, about being the CEO, about being the number one. And I think that's a shame. I really do. Uh, If there's one thing I've learned from my my year running a business, actually, as soon as I had people coming on board and helping out, wow. It was the best thing that's ever happened. Okay, I'm rambling on. Um, Cool, thank you very much. There you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed this talk apologies for the f bombs. now as mentioned i'm going to take a break from the podcast for the next seven days going to spend some time with my partner and family Uh, and so i wanted to wish you a phenomenal week ahead do keep me posted tag me wherever you're listening this from maybe you're in your office maybe you're on the beach i want to know where you're listening this from so tag me wherever you are and doesn't matter if it's your feet, if it's the sky, if it's the branch, or if it's the desk or the office plant. doesn't matter. I'd love to hear from you. You can tag me at, at Mark LaRoost. Until we come back, enjoy, have some fun, and remember, you are amazing.